This is Battlefield. This is mashing and stuff. This is not what we signed up for. It takes a toll. It Never does. in 40 years. I mean, we, you know, we went through HIV. We've gone, you know, you figure in my lifetime we've gone through economy crashes. Mm -hmm. Too many nurses, not enough nurses, always short nurses. But, but this is, this is yeah. unbelievable. Welcome inside Novant Health Rowan Medical Center in Salisbury, North Carolina, where Healthy Headlines spent several hours on three COVID-19 units, following the doctors and nurses working tirelessly to treat COVID patients, and in many cases, just fighting to keep them alive. You're listening to Novant Health Healthy Headlines. I'm Gina DiPietro, your host. We opened with nurse Shelley Kwan taking a step back to explain just how brutal life in the ICU has been for healthcare workers since COVID-19 descended. Next, her reaction to those who think COVID is somehow overblown. Come spend an hour here, it's real. Come be a family member of these people, it is so real. Follow along as Healthy Headlines' Roland Wilkerson provides an inside look at caring for COVID patients, many who will never return home. At times, the audio is a bit muffled. That's because everyone is masked, and conversations were carried out on the fly as team members manage another hectic workday. Here again is Nurse Shelley Kwan, who describes her time with patients confronted with their own mortality during the pandemic, which has killed more than 700,000 Americans. I took her a patient a couple of weeks ago. She didn't want to be put on the ventilator. She had bought it for three weeks. And uh, she wanted to FaceTime her kids before we put it on her. Between the two of us, we couldn't figure it out. She's, she's a year older than me, but I stayed with her for two hours because she said, don't leave me. And I didn't leave her. And that was two weeks ago. She's still on the ventilator. She probably won't make it off. But her kids have been wonderful. I mean, I don't know how they do it. High patient numbers and a nursing shortage made even worse by the COVID pandemic has forced healthcare systems to send nurses who left bedside duty for administrative positions with better hours and working conditions back to the front lines. Many of these nurses thought this part of their career was over. Think of it this way. They're a bit like police officers who sought more stable and safer desk jobs now suddenly back in patrol cars. It's not been easy. Nursing is a punishing job where you're on your feet for 12-hour shifts. Wearing extra layers of protective gear only makes it tougher. But these nurses are strapping in and ready to go where needed. One note, most of these nurses are there to assist the full-time nurses actually assigned to patients. Here's Tina Hartzell, who had not been at the bedside for 10 years. I'm basically just an extra hand. I can help do lots of different things, but I don't take an assignment. So it's helpful for them. They're very appreciative to have extra hands and to help. So we'll make it through this. Isn't that what we always say? We'll make it through together. But yeah, there's a big disconnect in, in the, what's happening here and, and what's happening in the world. So talk about that a little bit. Tell me what you hear out in the world and then what you walk into every day. Well, here are the politics out in the world. It's all, it's all political and, and it's not political. You come in here and it's real. Like There are people that are fighting for their life for weeks. They're losing their life and it's just horrible. People need to see that it's not 
to be taken lightly. It's just sad. Never seen anything like this. As nurses, you save lives and not very successful at that, at that today. Let's hear now from Erin Wolf, another returning nurse who recently found herself back on the front lines. It's hard because everybody in our department got out of bedside nursing for one reason or another. I've been a nurse for 17 years, so it was just hard coming back into this type of situation in this setting. Talk about that. What's it like? I've seen more death now than I ever did in all my other career of nursing, which is hard. <laughs> you know, patients look at you and they're scared and it's a lot about comforting more now than it ever used to be because they don't have their loved ones here with them. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of came back into a world of nursing that has never existed before. Right, exactly. And I was never an ICU nurse, so to be put in this type of setting, and I'm happy to help because I know they've been, you know, drowning <laughs> with all of these patients. So any way we can help, we're willing to do that. Now we'll hear from Novant Health's Dr. Abayomi Ogbebi, who's treating COVID patients, nearly all of them unvaccinated. We'll start in the infectious disease doctor's office before heading back to the hospital as team members work side by side caring for patients. The choices we're making around vaccines and COVID right now, and you know, masking, not masking, and all the social distancing, those are choices about how we live. Okay, you're making a choice about how you live. But I'm also explaining to people that in the hospital, if you come to the hospital and you get sick, that's still a choice about how you live. That's still part of living. And then if you're unlucky enough to get sick with COVID, there's a whole another set of choices you made. We have people who got sick enough to need a ventilator. They're alive but now they have a tube in their throats, uh, in their neck, a tracheostomy to help them breathe. They're on dialysis. They're alive, but we would not say that's the best life we want. So that's a choice about how you want to live. And then we also have patients who unfortunately have passed away. So you're also making choices not just about how you want to live, also making choices about how you want to die. You'll hear a lot of medical terminology that might be tough to understand, but we've included it just to give listeners a feel for the conversations in the ICU. Remember, these discussions continue around the clock. As physicians and their teams care for profoundly ill patients, most who decided not to get the COVID vaccine. At the hospital, you'll hear Dr. Ogbebi talking with a nurse about a patient. From there, he discusses the tough odds many ICU patients are currently facing. They want to put the hip line? Um, yeah, I told them to hold off of the fever. We've got a recalter. Okay. Yeah, what kind of access okay. do you have? Well, she's got some peripherals. The one, the mm -hmm. one I'm running most of the right. stuff through now seems to be working. How many of these patients do you think have a legitimate shot at um, leaving the hospital alive? Uh, Sadly, in the, if they make if they're in the ICU and get this sick, probably 10 percent. Uh, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. In effect, you're yeah. kind of managing their death here. It sounds like. In some ways, you are because it's, you know, that's literally why it's life support because you're literally trying to support them to have some life. If those life support wasn't there, 
stay literally with, you know, you're keeping that blood pressure up for the brain to get blood supply. You're basically keeping their life functions going. But the, you're keeping the life functions going so they can recover and go home. Can recover to go home, but for some of them, the, the, the support can't stop. And it goes, once it goes too long, then you're really coming in a situation where, I mean, life is really over for them. That's sad. We all know the far more contagious Delta variant has put a lot of younger, healthier people in the hospital. Let's rejoin Dr. Ogbebi, this time on an intermediate floor, standing outside the room of a patient who's not yet hit his 21st birthday. He actually looks like he's improving a little bit. I'm hoping we get more improvement, so. And what's, uh, why is he in the hospital? Is he having trouble breathing? Oh, yeah. or? He was on, he literally was on 15 liters of oxygen. He was on a, he, uh, he needed a lot of oxygen, yeah. 15 liters is a lot? Oh, that's a lot, yeah. We're hoping to gradually keep weighing him down. Plus, he's, he's young, so we're hoping that helps, that he has a fence reserve. Uh, yeah. So we had 18 year olds, we have 20 year olds. Um, so it's just not a disease of the elderly. Are they surprised to be in a hospital? Yes, oh yes. Uh, and that's the other thing, you know, I always, for a lot of the patients at some point, because of the issue of belief that I spoke about, you can see the confusion and fear all race into their minds because you believe one thing and what you're seeing is not is completely different from what you what, what, what you were believing. It's a traumatic thing for them to experience. Before COVID, young certified nursing assistant Casey Ann Robbins spent her time caring for mostly older patients at Rowan Medical Center. We caught up with her in a hallway where she explained how the Delta variant changed that. Honestly, for me, because I'm, I'm 20, so when I'm taking care of a 20-year-old, I almost feel like, I don't really know how to describe it. Like, you, it, you, it hurts your heart because you, you, you're like, well, I'm the same age as you and you're in this situation. So it's kind of having to get used to that, but, you know, you treat everybody the same, unbiased. You know, you try to do what's best for them, and it, that's all that matters is you're doing best for the patient. So... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's strange, but we're getting used to it. We're getting through it. We have a good team up here. You might remember when rare cases of serious blood clots caused by the Johnson & Johnson vaccine led to a brief pause on distribution and sparked even more hesitancy around the COVID vaccines. That pause was lifted after scientists determined benefits of the vaccine far outweigh any potential risk. Dr. Ogbebi explains how COVID itself can cause serious blood clots sometimes with dire consequences. It causes people clots. She lost the blood supply to the leg. And even though they try to restore it, it couldn't be restored, so she's gonna end up with an amputation reflux from COVID. Yeah. So, unfortunately, not going well for her. Yeah, so this COVID can do just a range of things beyond just your lungs. So, which is why I said, you know, people are not just choosing how they want to live, they're literally choosing how they want to live and how they want to die. As we mentioned, COVID has ravaged the country and the nursing ranks. 
At 60, Shelly Kwan uses about retirement. In flashes a visitor a cell phone photo of an exotic beach she jokes about running off to. But when we ask her if she'd be ready to let someone else fill her shoes in the ICU, the tone changes. Have you thought about putting in for a transfer to get out of the stress and chaos? I have. My daughter, who's a nurse, tells me I need to get out of it, and I tell my kids and myself, it's not about me. I heard a sermon about that about 12 years ago. It's not about me. What is it about? It's about these people, the patients, and the families. It's not about me. If it's about me, I would be sitting on an island drinking cool drinks and crystal blue water. It's not about me. It's about these human beings in the bed and their families that are home scared to death for them. What we've heard here is just a few minutes of hospital life during a pandemic that's killed more than half a million Americans. Although the Delta variant is in retreat at this moment, thousands more will continue to die from a disease for which we now have a vaccine. And truth be told, what you heard in this episode just scratches the surface on what COVID is doing to patients. There were other compelling stories we heard that morning about people who rolled the dice, skipped vaccination, then took another chance to venture out just to have some fun. They were healthy, they had families, jobs, and a full life. Then they got sick, and some died. What's next for those families, we don't know. But when it comes to healthcare workers, they're hoping more of us will get vaccinated so they can stop putting their lives at risk for what is now a preventable disease. Learn more about the COVID-19 vaccines on healthyheadlines.org. I'm Gina DiPietro, and thanks again for joining us on this episode of Novant Health Healthy Headlines.